0: to understand the times. Woe to the churches that have put the word of God aside and gone into a bunch of gobbledygook and new age stuff. They don't have a clue. Listen, we need to have our noses buried in the word of God.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. Author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God.
0: No man can accurately predict the future apart from the guidance of Almighty God. Hi and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thank you for joining us. Today we're continuing the series Courageous Living in Trying Times taken from the book of Daniel. Of all of Daniel's prophecies, none has been more discussed than his vision regarding Israel and her future called Daniel's 70 Weeks. What does that mean? And how does this particular vision affect us today? So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Daniel's 70 Weeks. Now, let's look at verse 20. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, the man Gabriel, he just means there that he looked like a man whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. Now, say with me, prayer brought a breakthrough. Do you see this? I mean, hey, if Gabriel shows up and says hello to you, you've had a breakthrough. Now, I want you to notice, based on Daniel's prayer, that the mighty archangel Gabriel was not only sent to him, but was caused to fly swiftly. Oh, I'm looking forward to having a glorified body, (laughs) because I believe we're going to be able to fly. Say, you really believe that, Jeff? Absolutely. Jesus would think and be there. And if the angels can fly, the redeemed are going to have greater things than the angels. And he was flying swiftly. Now, that's probably where we get this idea of the little Cupid-looking things, the little angels that look like little cherubs, and they got the wings and they're flying around on clouds playing harps. Uh Uh-uh. Gabriel, a real angel, is an awesome, huge, colossal, frightening being. And so Gabriel begins to talk to him. Boy, does he have a word for him. Verse 22, he informed me. And he talked with me. And he said, oh, Daniel, I've now come forward to give you skill to understand. Everybody say, God opens my eyes. eyes. Verse 23, at the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Now, once again, I need to point out that at the very beginning of Daniel's prayer, the command went out from God's throne to answer him at the very beginning, the minute he began to pray. But it took time and perseverance in prayer before Gabriel arrived on the scene. That's why I tell you, just because you haven't gotten an immediate answer to your prayer doesn't mean God has said no. He might be saying, wait and persevere, because you might be in spiritual warfare. Daniel persevered, and here's Gabriel. Now, here comes the prophecy, starting in verse 24. Everybody perk up. Pay real close attention, because we're about to do some math. Seventy weeks, said Gabriel, are determined. Now look who for? Your people and your city. So that's the Jewish people and Jerusalem. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy And to anoint the most holy. Who do you reckon this is talking about? Everybody say Jesus. There's only one person finished transgression. Made an end of sins. Made reconciliation for iniquity. Brought in everlasting righteousness. And was anointed the most holy. Now, a week. Notice he says 70 weeks are determined. For all these things in verse 24 to happen, 70 weeks. Now, a week in this prophecy is not comprised of seven 24-hour days like we would talk about a normal week, but it's seven years. Each day in the week represents one year. So if you multiply 70 weeks times seven years in each week, You have 490 years. 70 times 7, 490. We have 70 weeks times 7 years, 490 years. So let's start verse 24 again. 490 years are determined for your people and for your holy city. And on down it goes. Everybody with me? Everybody say 490 490 years. Gabriel is informing Daniel, that on God's calendar, some major, key, pivotal, history changing events are decreed for Israel, and it will be accomplished within 490 years. Now we're going to see that these 490 years are divided into three sections seven weeks, 62 weeks, and one week. We're going to read it, so don't worry. But we're going to see that it's divided into three sections, a seven-week section, which is 49 years, a 62-week section, which is 434 years, if you do your math, and one week, which is seven years. If you add all that together, it's 49 years, 434 years, and seven years is 490. So let's see how all this went down. The next verse says something astonishing. Remember, God's people are at this point, when Daniel receives this, they're in Babylonian captivity. And their 70 years of captivity predicted by the prophet Jeremiah are almost up. The time for them to be released back to their homeland is drawing near. And this is why Daniel's praying in the very first place. So let's read the next verse, 25, slowly. Know therefore and understand, that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So let's just make it easy and say 69 weeks. Now, but he broke it up into two sections, seven and 62. So that tells us, that something very relevant is going to happen in seven weeks or 49 years and then in 434 years or 62 weeks. So what happens in the first seven weeks or 49 years? Well, that's easy. Jerusalem, says Gabriel, would be restored in seven weeks or 49 years. Isn't that what he just said in verse 25? To restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. There will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So what happens in those seven weeks or 49 years? If we go into history, it's easy to find it took the Jews 49 years to restore Jerusalem from the time of their release. It's in the record books. They did it in seven weeks or 49 years. So there's the first seven weeks. Everybody say seven weeks done. Done. I think it's pretty cool that Gabriel had added, The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. Well, we know this is what happened based on what we read in the book of Nehemiah. If you want to know how this went down, read Nehemiah. Because we know that the Jews' enemies, like Sambalat and Tobiah, they were persecuting them and always trying to hinder their work and put fear on them and and stop them. Fought them tooth and nail from rebuilding the wall and the temple. So they rebuilt that city in troublesome times, just like Gabriel said. Amen. And they did it in seven weeks, 49 years. So, say with me, the first seven weeks fulfilled. First seven weeks fulfilled. Now we come to the next one, 62 weeks. Let's read on from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. There will be seven weeks to restore Jerusalem and 62 weeks from the completion of the restoration of Jerusalem when they were done restoring it then the next 62 weeks kicked in or 434 years. Stay with me now. They go in there They rebuild the wall, they rebuild the temple, they restore Jerusalem, and it takes 49 years. It takes those seven weeks. Then as soon as that's done, then that 62 weeks kicks in. And what is 62 times 7? 434. So something is supposed to last 434 years or take that long from the finishing of the restoration of Jerusalem until what? The Messiah. Look at verse twenty-six carefully. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Who was it for? It was for us. This is an amazing prediction of the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is cut off or killed, not for himself, but for the whole world. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believed on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, let's do a little more math. Gabriel tells Daniel that from the time God's people are released to rebuild Jerusalem to the cutting off of Messiah will be 62 weeks. That's 434 years. Now, let's do a little more math. King Cyrus of the Persians gave the decree for the Jews to return to their homeland around 458 B.C. If you take that date and add 434 years to it, Daniel 62 weeks it takes us almost precisely to the time of the crucifixion of Jesus. This is a profound prediction and fulfillment. You know what the chances of somebody being able to do this are? Nostradamus could not hold a candle to this. Nobody looking in a crystal ball can do this. This is this is Daniel, being visited by Gabriel, Gabriel said, I'm going to give you an understanding of what's coming for your people. It's going to take them 49 years from the time they're released to rebuild their city. Then it's going to take 434 more years for the whole reason I started the Jewish race to come to pass. He called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees to start the Semitic race so that from that race would come Messiah. And now Gabriel is telling him exactly how long it's going to take, four centuries and 34 years. And you can do the math if you go into history. It's easy to go into history books. There's lots of places you can access to find this out. But the chances of anyone being able to accurately prognosticate the timing of all these events coming together at once is unfathomable unless you happen to be God. (laughs) Now that takes care of Seven weeks, 49 years for the rebuilding of Jerusalem and 62 weeks or 434 years of history leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus. So we have one week left to reach the total of 70 weeks because there's one left. 483 years are used up. They've already come to pass. So let me ask you a question. If he was right on the seven weeks, 49 years, and he was right on the 434 years or 62 weeks, you reckon he's right about the final week? Oh, yeah. Daniel continues, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Verse 27, but then he shall confirm a covenant with many for what? There's your last week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. And I'm going to make sense of this for you. The final week in Daniel's prophecy is revealed right here in verse 27. It will begin when the Antichrist cuts a peace deal with Israel for one week or seven years. You see, the Antichrist is the he in verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, seven years. How long is the great tribulation? Seven years. So this one week is very, very crucial. It's yet to happen. And we're watching the whole world prepare for this final week. Now I want you to think of the numerous American presidents that have all tried and failed. I remember Jimmy Carter trying to bring a peace deal all the way back with Anwar Sadat and all of that. Remember that? If you were around back then? I remember virtually every president that I can remember since Carter has tried to do it. And... They have failed. You know why? Because it's never going to happen until the man of sin, the Antichrist, brokers that peace treaty. Where is the eye of the world right now when it comes to conflict that nobody seems to be able to fix and vexes the whole world? Where does it originate from? That tiny piece of real estate smaller than New Jersey, Israel. Now the Bible mentions this elsewhere. The Bible warns us of Fruitless attempts to bring Middle East peace, and there will be no peace in Israel or the world until Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach in Hebrew, returns at the very end of the coming seven-year apocalypse. And only then are we going to have real peace, because Antichrist will bring a false peace. Now listen to Ezekiel. I believe that both the verses I'm about to read to you are at least alluding to this peace treaty that Antichrist will do. Because, even because they have seduced my people Israel, saying peace, and there was no peace. And then Jeremiah 8, for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people Israel slightly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Antichrist will step onto the world stage, and one of the things that will make him mega famous is he will pull this off. It will be on CNN, Fox It'll be on all the networks. They'll all be blasting the headline, peace in the Middle East, peace in the Middle East, finally peace in the Middle East. And they'll be panning on to and pulling in tight on a man. I don't know who, but he'll be smiling. He'll be magnetic. He'll be charismatic. He'll be persuasive. He'll be convincing. He'll be promising. And folks, listen. Listen. The world will place their trust in him. Now, I used to wonder, how could that ever happen in America? I don't wonder anymore. Oh, no. Let me read you something out of the New Testament. The Bible warns to beware of peace movements when it comes to the Middle East. Paul writes, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the coming apocalypse, that's the day of the Lord, so comes as a thief in the night. Nobody will be expecting it. For when they say what? Peace and safety. Then what comes? Sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Then he talks to the church. But you, brethren, meaning believing Christians who have put their faith and trust in the Messiah of Israel, Jesus Christ, you are not in darkness, so that this day, the coming apocalypse, should overtake you as a thief. Because you ought to understand the times, especially if you're going to turning point. Because we go into this a lot. Woe to the churches that have put the Word of God aside and gone into a bunch of gobbledygook and New Age stuff. They don't have a clue. Listen, we need to have our noses buried in the Word of God. Amen. 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 Now, here's what's going to happen. Halfway through the final week, three and a half years in, Antichrist is going to show the world who he really is he's going to break this treaty and commit the abomination of desolation. Look what Daniel says. And I guarantee you it's going to happen in the middle of the week, in the middle of the seven years. He will bring an end to sacrifice and offering. One of the things that he's going to do is he's going to somehow work it where the Jews can reinstitute their old sacrificial system. And they will have their Old Testament sacrificial system back into play in a rebuilt temple and that's one of the things that's going to convince them this guy's for us because he's given us back our religion Amen. but three and a half years in this man personal pronoun is, he's not an idea it's not a metaphor he's referred to as a man and as he the personal pronoun he singular yes. this man will walk into the temple And he will go into the holy of holies and he will commit the abomination of desolation. Now we've already gone over that Antiochus Epiphanes did that in the old Testament. And he took a pig into the holy of holies and desecrated it. And that was called the abomination of desolation. But Jesus in Matthew 24 talks about another one to come. So it can't be talking about Antiochus Epiphanes and looking backward. He's looking forward to this happening again. And we know here it's the Antichrist because on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. That's the abomination of desolation Jesus is talking about in Matthew 24. He's confirming Daniel. And when he commits the abomination of desolation, the Jews freak out. Oh, my Lord. He's not who we thought. Now, I don't know what the abomination will be. If you went through Revelation with me, then you know that it might be an image of him. Bible and Revelation talks about an image. He makes the image in there speak. He makes the image to talk, to communicate. I don't know, but we don't need to know. We just need to know that in that seven year, that last week, that halfway in it, he walks in and does this. And when he does, all hell breaks loose. And persecution is unleashed on the Jewish people. We thought he was our friend. Peace, peace, they say, when suddenly there is no peace and tribulation comes upon them like a woman in childbirth. We thought he was for us. He's against us. He fooled us. He lied to us. Yes, because he's the representation of the father of lies. And then Daniel says, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So one week remains, church in Daniel's prophecy of 70 weeks. One week remains. The other 69 are done. And they happen just like he said. 49 years, 434 years. 434 years from when they finished Jerusalem to when Jesus was hung on the cross. Now we got one week left. When is it going to kick in? Here's when it's going to kick in. It kicks in when a peace covenant is signed that is seven years long. If you wake up and CNN and MSLSD and Fox and CBS and all of them are blasting about a peace tree that is seven years long and look at this guy who did it. Woo, lift up your heads. Because now the hourglass is turned upside down and we're in the last week. Like I've already pointed out when you get down to predicting exact numbers of years and events that will take place during those times, you better be right. Daniel was absolutely accurate about 69 of the 70 weeks so far. No doubt the final week will unfold just as God showed him. Well, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to take advantage of. Until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. The King
1: of all creation step
0: down from TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you.
1: Daniel's 70 Weeks is the 10th message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own
0: a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at
1: 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station.